What's up, guys? Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week, we'll cover the topics most important to you from marketing and selling your products to winning on social media and everything in between. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a part-time content creator running Fix This, Build That, and my co-host John Malecki is a full-time furniture maker running metal and wood custom furniture. Over the past few years, we've seen the value of bouncing ideas back and forth, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. This is episode four. Today, we're going to be talking about selling your products online. We're going to be talking about physical products as well as digital products. So John and I are going to share our experiences, what's worked for us, and just really get into the details about it. What's up, John? What's going on, man? How you doing? I mean, I'm doing great. I am so excited. Like, I'm overwhelmed. I know you've been on there looking at the Instagram and all of the things and all the comments and the feedback that we're getting and I was I was not expecting as much feedback as we got. And man, it feels good. Oh, yeah, it does. Especially this soon, man. It's It's been one week since we uh, dropped our first three episodes and they're just resonating so well. Uh, as we record this podcast, it's actually 36 hours after we dropped the first one. So <laughs> to see, you know, the uh, what, over a thousand Instagram followers is amazing. I think we've had what, 1,700 plus plays um, on, on the episodes. So we're just super thankful for all of you guys that have that have joined in on this uh, adventure with us. And we're, and we're pumped to be able to bring you a, another great piece of content today. Absolutely. And we've been looking through, we've been looking at your hashtags, MFP behind the scenes. I uh, love seeing some of that stuff. So we'll definitely be looking throughout the rest of this week. Looking forward to any questions and comments. So keep those coming. We'll actually be answering um, a question at the end of the show. And we're just, man, we're loving it. And there's definitely a thirst for this kind of stuff. So we're going to keep going. And without further ado, what's up? What, what have you been working on, John? We kind of want to work this into the show as well as just a little bit about what we've been doing personally. What have you been working on this week? Yeah, man. Um, so this has been a pretty, pretty wild week for me. Um, last week, I launched a new vlog series on my YouTube channel. Oh, so I'm love trying that to thing. Do- yeah, thank you, man. I've been trying to do um, daily or every other day or as often as I can videos on what I'm building. Um, with my schedule, it's really tough to fit the full project builds. So I've, I've wanted to get more content out there. So I, I launched that and my first build was a, <laughs> a, a 13 foot by nine foot tall shelving unit that I'll be installing at the end of this week. Um, and it was it, it was just an awesome, awesome experience to see how people were responding to the new the new format on on my channel and whatnot and this week i'm uh you know just beat and repeat and uh getting some more videos out there and i'm starting on another dining table project so that's where that's where i'm working on right now awesome yeah i am really enjoying the vlog style and somebody got a new slider see yeah, some dude. slider shots in there <laughs> yeah man so if you remember the um a little bit we touched on the youtube next up thing that i got into um they reward you with some cash to the b and h so i upgraded some of my camera equipment and uh slider was definitely one of them and I'm, and I'm really excited about learning to use that tool a little better and get some better produced content for you guys so i'm pumped what are you what are you working on right now absolutely and if you guys have not checked that out go check it out over on john's youtube channel he's got some awesome videography going on yeah so i just released uh, my lathe stand video and oh man that is such a nice upgrade because my old school i had an old school rikon 7100 little mini lathe and it was literally on a plastic sawhorse 
<laughs> it's like one of those sawhorses that expands and then it has like the table that folds on top. And uh, yeah, so oh, talk about rickety. Oh, some terrible vibration. Oh, it, it, huh? uh, it's, it's got some bowed legs now too. So <laughs> I got rid of that, made like a legit full scale lathe stand, which is really just a huge shop cabinet. It's about 42 inches long uh, with doors and uh, a door and five drawers, tons and tons of storage. It's solid as a rock. And yeah. I got the new Jet 1221 variable speed laid on there. Super Dude, pumped about that. That thing's sick. I checked out the build on your on your channel, and you really beefed that bad boy up there. Uh, you got a lot of weight in that thing. I, I'm I'm gonna assume, um, not it being a turner myself, that you know that that weight adds um, adds more stability and takes away from the vibration. Exactly, and that's why like I doubled up the top. I tried to I used a full three quarter inch back. Exactly. So I was trying to get down on it. Plus it's mobile and like I'm a novice turner, dude. I might've done it totally wrong. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, First time no, I throw I'm, a bowl on there and it, uh, you know, the whole thing explodes, <laughs> then we'll know looks, I did it wrong. It looks great though. At least it looks great, which is, I mean, great pictures. Yeah. It looks good in the shop. So <laughs> yeah. good addition. That, great build that, though. That's all that matters. I may never I use really it again. Dig, um, if you guys haven't checked it out, check his video. He's got some, uh, some really cool tips on installing drawer slides. I uh, typically do mine kind of similar, but I have some jigs for it. The way you cut those spacers, I think that's some really, uh, a really good little trick for, for people to check out. So go check out Brad's channel and you can see his new build video. He's got a little, uh, little drawer slide tip in there for you. You got it. All right. Now that we're done patting each other on the back, let's get into the meat here. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today talking about selling online, and I know a lot of people are super interested in this. And, you know, we talked social media and the last thing we talked about was converting. So we thought, hey, let's get into the product sales because we know a lot of folks. That's probably the vast majority of folks out there. Uh, so as we look at selling online, uh, John, you obviously have done a lot more of this. You are a full-time furniture maker and you have been doing this for a while now. So why don't you rip into it, man? What, what kind of stuff do you use? How do you sell? Um, so I think a lot of us get started in woodworking, doing stuff for our own home and then realize that there's some money to be made. And that was exactly where I was four years ago or so. Um, so to start my sales journey, you could say, I, I, jumped onto Etsy. And, um, I really thought that like my stuff was so good. It was just going to sell itself. And that there were so <laughs> many people on Etsy, you know, someone's going to find this. I did this like awesome old door table and then burn the legs. And I thought it was, you know, the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I put it up there and I don't think I got a single hit on it for like years. It might still be on my Etsy shop to be honest <laughs> with you. And, and I, and in my own experience, man, I've never sold a single thing on Etsy. And what I think the reasoning behind that is, is because targeting your marketing campaign towards Etsy is quite difficult. I think the platform itself is so saturated with so many great woodworkers and builders and makers and fabricators and everyone out there that's pushing stuff to it right now that it really makes it hard to get seen organically on the site. So that um, whole aspect of it, you don't get that natural search. Um, and I just didn't really buy into the whole Etsy world and Etsy space. And I know a lot of people do great on there. So I, um, I kind of never really had any success there. And I've put everything from cutting boards to like bottle openers. And I know a lot of people are doing the smaller projects and winning, but I, I've, I've never had any success on it. Now benefits to something like Etsy, I've heard there's, um, great backend. It's really easy for transactions. It's really easy to communicate with clients. They keep everything in on the app or in the hub. And, um, and then 
you know, they take their little cut or whatever it is and you pay your monthly dues or whatever you want to call them. And they make everything very, very streamlined in that sense. So that's, that's one benefit to it. But, um, for, for my sake, I never really was able to, to move product on Etsy. And I don't think, um, coffee tables, dining tables and larger products like that are really, really that good for Etsy because they're just not as shippable. Um, what are you, what, I mean, yeah. I know you've been on there before. What do you so think? I, I just typed in coffee table into Etsy yeah. and we have 50,013 results. Yeah. So <laughs> you're telling me it's hard to get found. Like what's the deal? What's and why? <laughs> it, I mean, I, I really do think it is. And, and I, um, and if you're trying to drive, <laughs> here's the thing. If you're trying to drive people to Etsy and you put your link in there, it's going to bring up Everybody else's stuff. For other people's stuff. Everybody and, else's stuff. That's exactly what I hate about pricing. Etsy. Yeah. Is exactly is that. So I have used Etsy. Uh, and what you're saying about the back end, and I think I mentioned this actually uh, in an earlier episode, is that the fulfillment on Etsy is very good. And I think mm-hmm. Etsy can be, um, if you do it the right way, even if you go into somebody's shop, it's still will give those some of those relative, like you said. So I think that's the downside of Etsy is that once you're there, uh, it will serve up some other things or especially it, it basically just says, OK, here's some other items that you might be interested in is that uh, they're not a captured audience. They're out no. there. You're out there in a marketplace. That's just like it's basically like going into a craft show and you've got, you know, 20 or 30 different other people selling crafts. So you're competing for those dollars. Once they hit Etsy, they have dollars to spend and there are a lot of options. And so as they go around, you know, yeah, they look at yours and they go, oh, sweet, a coffee table of 500 bucks. Oh, wow, look, this one's 400. And then also now the next thing you know, they're looking at something totally different. So I feel like you dull yourself down and be competing on just price when there's so much more that goes into it that you could upsell or, or, um, you know, add value to your product with, and and you're not able to really do that on Etsy because there were so many people on it. Now, five years ago, I bet it was only 25,000 tables when you put coffee table in, but still (laughs) that is so many options for buyers to go find stuff. And even if you are pushing them to your shop, you got to remember, you have a very slim chance of selling someone immediately like that. Um, doesn't matter what your product is. You push them there and they get to see somebody else's stuff. They're going to dig around now on the on the other side of it, I get a ton of clients that'll send me photos and inspiration from Etsy and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be able to pull up that exact thing that they sent me and look at the price of it and just immediately respond with, I can't come anywhere near that price. But if you're looking for something similar to that and you're looking for something a little more well-made, not using pallet wood or not using scraps that I found in my shed, you know, here's something that um, I can provide for you. So you do have that opportunity to use Etsy as inspiration, kind of like Pinterest for your clients, and then being able to add value to your own product bases by, um, you know, showcasing better materials, you know, uh, different joinery methods, whatever your fabrication process might be. So Etsy isn't terrible, but like you said, it's 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 tough. It makes it hard out the gate for you. And uh, I, I'm it's interesting to see that we both had that similar experience there. Yeah, I think if you if you sell them before they get there, right? If they're going to Etsy to purchase it, then I think that's where you can win. So yeah. if that is your order fulfillment, like we said, you know, they do very well. So if somebody's kind of already gotten the mind cuz that's where I've done when I've sold uh you know, I've sold some things here, some like some 
cutting boards, some chartreuse boards, which is just a fancy word for a skinny cutting board. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that term's taking yeah. off. <laughs> like what? The, charcuterie. What the it's charcuterie. I See, believe. exactly. I don't even know how to say it. Uh, <laughs> I'm like charcuterie. Yeah, that's, that's what that's what we call it down here in South, John. I don't open <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, so we, <laughs> so we, yeah. As I look at that, when I've sold cutting boards, I sold some pencil holders. Again, all small stuff, right? So some coasters on there, and I've basically taken them from Instagram, uh, the consumer, because that's where I wanted them to land. And before I had my my web space set up, um, and I did convert there, and it does work well from a order fulfillment, um, you get great prices on shipping through there and it, it ship, it does your shipping labels. It does your packing list all in one nice little thing and you don't have to do anything. And it just takes a percentage. Now they take, they take a healthy cut. Uh, but yes. And so, you know, I think there is some success that people can have there. And like, I just, I clicked on one of these, right? So I, I look at this guy who is WW make, Hey, WW make, if you're listening to the podcast, let us know. Um, <laughs> got 95, <laughs> it's got not 486 sales on Etsy since 2013. So this person is obviously winning on Etsy, right? So, um, you know, this is from, from John and I's perspective. So there are definitely people that are winning out there. Uh, and that's kind of the cool thing too, is you can go out and look at some of these shops that are winning and see what they're doing because maybe they are, or go kind of reverse follow their funnel. So try to see what other sites they have. And if you are on Etsy, then, you know, you can, Push people. So here's a quick question for you: How many? What's the average price of one of the one of that gentleman's products? This could be a lady, Uh, lady or gentleman product. Right. So I've got an industrial reclaimed wood coffee table for three hundred and seventy-five dollars, and it looks like that is a three foot by two foot, eighteen inches high, with a metal base. So that's a pretty median price on that site for for that for that person individually. Uh, Appears to Um, be. Well, we're going up. No, that's that's not true. That's probably their low end. I'm okay. looking, you should, John, you should look at this guy. This yeah, pretty good. Pretty <laughs> I got good some stuff. cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got, got some cool stuff, man. So you think about like, so what's the cut? Do you know? Do you remember what the cut is on Etsy? Um, the cut is, I'm going to want to say 6 to 8%. All okay, in. so say their median price is 500. With the numbers you said in the past four years, they're selling 120 items a year. That's three items a week. And at that five hundred dollar price, it's fifteen hundred bucks a week. Not bad, right? Not bad. So if you take that eight percent at that fifteen hundred, now correct me if I'm wrong, because you're much better at math than me. That's one hundred twenty bucks a month. You're paying to be on Etsy, right? It's ten dollars a month for Big Cartel, or twenty bucks a month for a higher end Shopify account. Now. Going back to what we were just saying, if you're driving traffic to Etsy, you're also driving traffic to other people's stuff. They're going to be able to see your competition and your competition based on pricing. Now, for that guy who is probably doing um, very well on the platform, 120 bucks a month might be worth it if he's getting a ton of organic traffic. He might be, He's probably a pretty early account if you said 2013, I believe. But if you think about it, if you want to drive people to just – sell the product um, like you were touching on before and using fulfillment, then you, I would highly suggest using something like Big Cartel or Shopify or even just PayPal because then you're eliminating all of the opportunity to lose the sale be based on the competition there. It's like 
you know, it's taco Tuesday right now. If I want to go buy taco seasoning at the grocery store, how many different seasonings are up there, dude? And every one of them probably tastes so similar. I'm buying the 99 cent one compared to that dollar and 50 cent one every single time. I'm not always, I'm not into pushing people that I'm trying to sell to see my competition's product and pricing. Um, and, and that's something that that's a big reason why I don't force a lot of my sales to, or any of them to Etsy. So from a numbers standpoint, if you're going to, if you're willing to spend $120 a month on Etsy, why wouldn't you build your own customized site with your own branding, your own imagery, your own, um, metrics and drive your traffic to it for 20 bucks a month. Keep, the, keep that money in your, that hundred bucks to re-advertise or excuse me, redistribute into your marketing strategy and run, who knows, paid ads on Instagram or Facebook or a different conversation online. Um, that would be my next step up from the Etsy conversation. And I, I don't know if you've ever used any of those, but in my old business, we use big cartel for t-shirt and merchandise sales. We use Shopify for the same thing. I was debating on a Shopify compared to my Squarespace site for a while there. And, and I decided to go with Squarespace. But I think when looking at things, you have to take, um, you have to take the numbers into account. I know you're a big numbers guy. Um, and so like how, how surprised are you to hear that at even an 8% cut that that guy was paying 120 bucks a month median taking a guess, um, well with the numbers that he already has on his site. Right. No, I don't, I don't think it. I mean, honestly, John, you lost me at Taco Tuesday. I'm just thinking <laughs> about tacos, burritos, nachos. Yeah. They're all good. See, I, but I'm a big I'm guy. Right. I've always got food on my mind. Always got food on my mind. Today was Taco Tuesday, actually, at, yeah. at, the, at the Rodriguez house. So it's all good. Uh, no, and, and I think that's part of it. I, I totally agree with you. I think that as, as you, the more you offload and the more you get a package from somebody, the more that it's a catered product like Etsy is, and they're doing all these things for you in general, the more you're going to pay. And that's always a thing too, is that you're talking fixed cost versus variable cost, right? Mm -hmm. So for big cartel, you said 20 bucks. Well, that's yep. 20 bucks a month. If you're selling a hundred dollars worth of product, or if you're selling a hundred thousand dollars worth of product, right? For that 20 bucks, that's the same amount. Uh, Etsy is going to scale with you or any other site that charges you uh, now, obviously, every you're going to pay the 2.9 or the 3% or whatever on transaction fees. You're yeah, going to pay that everywhere. everywhere. You're going to pay this away. Exactly. Whether That's sunk. Discredited. It's sunk. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so as you look at that, yeah, I think that's where you need to look is as you leverage and as you get bigger, that you can leverage your fixed costs being lower, uh, even if it is. So if this guy's paying 120 uh, on a variable cost per month, well, it might be advantageous if he pays 200 at a fixed cost per month at a certain level. And oh, so yeah, you can kind of do that analysis. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing is that once you're moving. So, you know, just kind of talking through it. And, and I love this conversation because we're just, you know, kind of working through it on the fly is that it really depends upon your business model. It depends upon how much you're selling. It depends upon how much it would cost you and how much time mm -hmm. and effort. Um, you know, I, I'm just I'm going to jump ahead way ahead to the. Uh, question that we got and answer one part of it. This this guy was asking, hey, how much uh, is it beneficial to own your own website or to use other sites? Uh, and so this is exactly what we're talking about here. It really depends upon the volume of product you're doing, the time and effort you have to put into it. So if you don't know anything about web setup, uh, like setting up something like WooCommerce or Shopify or Big Cartel, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, but then again, if you're not a web savvy person, it's going to be like reading Greek. And so, you know, you just go into Etsy and being like, oh, hey, I just click this button and it's, it's, you know, basically like eBay and I just set it up and they take care of everything on the back end. 
you know, or what do I have to pay somebody on Fiverr or wherever mm-hmm. to, to come and set up my big cartel shop? You, you got to do the math. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head saying it's all about the numbers and the numbers are going to be different for everybody. Absolutely. And, and I mean, to go against what you're saying, like I wouldn't even don't do that. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even <laughs> consider selling on Etsy just because of how big it's gotten, Brad. And that's just my opinion. Um, what you said, hundred percent correct. You need to be able to evaluate the risk and reward of whatever platform you decide to go on. For me, I'd much rather know I'm investing 10 bucks a month to get a big cartel site that I can do a little bit of plug and play with and then know that it's handling fulfillment, it's handling swipe, it's handling uh, labels, and it's it's actually also going to database all that information for me as well. It's easily accessible, mobile app, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the same stuff Etsy has, except when you search for industrial coffee table, you're not getting you know my homie down the street who's selling the exact same thing as me. So I would actually suggest against using Etsy early on just because it's so much easier. If you're going to sell one cutting board at a hundred bucks, that's $8 you just spent to use Etsy. What's the $2 difference? You know, if, if you're going to use big cartel and you also get to own the branding and I just think there's a lot more benefit to it. One thing Etsy has on it too, and and you, you might know a little more about this than I do, but they're also offering paid advertising to boost your product up to their main page, yes. their searches, which takes away. It's <laughs> now you're back into marketing. So now you're, if we're going back to um, talking about your your like your brand portfolio and all that kind of stuff, you're now even more widely saturated trying to focus on where your ad dollars are going uh, across your portfolio. So. Etsy has evolved into a bit more than it was probably when you and I were using it a few years back. It was so easy to just dump some pictures on there, pricing, description, come find me, guys. Nowadays, I think it's a much more difficult marketplace to compete in, and which is why I would suggest Big Cartel you know, on the cheaper side. But if you're going to sell all day long, Shopify. Um, I don't know if you've ever used Shopify, but Shopify has – you know, a lot of uh, themes you can now download that are super easy to implement um, and has a lot of customization aspects to it that I know huge apparel companies use strict just Shopify accounts and um, they're running, you know, multi-million dollar operations on Shopify. It does all the databasing, great um, customer service. And I mean, we're not even affiliated with them. And, and I, I'm, we're talking, yes. I'm talking about like this because I like <laughs> them so much. I just think that if you're going to be doing something, it deserves to be done right. Um, I had no success on Etsy. I've sold product right. on Shopify, I've sold product on big cartel. Um, and, and I, I personally think they're easier to use and manage. Yeah. So I, I'll, I like this, man. I like the disagreement. I like that we've got the different perspective and just, uh, because I'll preface that with one other thing. I think that you're, you're coming from a guy who, like, again, is, is very web savvy. Mm-hmm. You have a web page. That's yeah. a huge well, thing. I also, if, I'm on thing it, if I'm on Instagram and I don't have a web page, then I'm going to say Etsy is your place to go. Like if you're not ready to launch your website, and I would say that that needs to come very quickly afterwards. But if you're just dipping your toe and you want to see and, and you're trying to like just scrape by. And I know there's a lot of the guys out here that are doing this um, is that. You're just trying to see, is, is anybody interested in this product? And maybe you have a little bit of a following on Instagram, but you don't have a website. You're not ready to do it. You're not ready to commit that Etsy is a good place to dip your toe. And then you can evolve to the Shopify and the stuff like that. Now, if you're coming out of the gate and you're expecting, you know, 
a grand, five grand in sales, then yeah, go your route. Well, I wouldn't even, yes, I, I'm going to agree with you there. It's easy to get set up. It's something you can te- put your, test your toe in the water 100%. I will, I will say though, if you're not willing to spend 10 bucks, if you want to sell product and you're not willing to spend 10 bucks on your brand, um, you're in the wrong game. <laughs> and well, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, and it's let, let me, John. Like I live and die by selling and that's why I'm, probably leaning a lot more away from it. Um, you know, a lot of people I understand like to make stuff and then see if it sells. I'm more of, I'm only making things to sell them. So it's, it's a different mindset. And I, uh, I think the $10 investment's worth it. If you're, if you want to really be moving product. So let me, let me clarify, cause maybe I'm speaking from a place of, I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which would be nothing new. Um, it's shop, so for 10 bucks, do they host everything that's not put on your website? That's their website. And you just yep. set it up just like you would an Etsy shop. So it'd be exactly, it'd be, it's, it's, it would essentially for me, it would be, um, big cartel.johnmalecki.com. Ah, uh, okay. So, so you I'm just going to go back and edit all my argument yeah, out and then it's all good. This, so I'm with are, you. These are new, man. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. When we got started, Etsy was it. Etsy was your only option. Yeah. See, look, I mean, that's, I, I didn't even to, know about it. I have it up right now. We've got uh, on Big Cartel, you can put 25 products, your build monthly, you have all their features, and it's $9.99 a month. And for me, oh, I would just much rather own it. Now, you don't have your own URL. You do, if you want your own URL, you got to go buy that and buy the domain and, and you know, do the GoDaddy or Bluehost or whatever that route is. But they will give you a URL that you can use. And then, then you can backlink your whole Instagram account that you've been beautifully building because you're following our first three episodes and our <laughs> game plan. <laughs> and, uh, and you could start driving people to something. Now, here's another one for you. <laughs> Big Cartel has a free five product service now if you want to try it. So if you guys are looking to sell, check out BigCartel.com. Now, granted, I used it three years ago when I started uh, my old business. Things might have changed. I'm not an expert on it. By no means do I know the ins and outs of Big Cartel. I just know that there's more options out there than Etsy and that a lot of us depend on Etsy to bring some traffic and to try to bring um, you know, people to our products. And it doesn't really help anymore because it's such a saturated market. Yeah, no, man, I, I, I'm I'm with you because I think there's probably a lot of folks there just like me who didn't realize that. So I think that's a great conversation, right. and uh, let's let's roll on. Let's go. So let's go on to something else because I think we beat the Etsy horse pretty good. Beat the, well, sorry Etsy, <laughs> but I mean it's a big horse; it can take a beating. Um, <laughs> so I, Brad, I've I've been uh, on your website for years now, looking at it, and I noticed that most of your um, products that you're selling aren't physical product. Um, you're not, I mean, I mean, I know you make, uh, some stuff around the holidays or whatever, cutting boards, charcuterie boards sometimes and stuff, yeah. but mostly if I'm buying something on Brad's site, it's going to be apparel or it's going to be a plan. Now your plans I'm very intrigued by because you're setting up a whole different sales process for that. Are you not? And you're using a, a completely different, um, I guess hosting service or sales service. For yeah. That, right? Yeah. So it's, it's really, uh, interesting and it's, evolving. So I do, I have WooCommerce on my website and that's where if you want to go get a t-shirt or sticker or whatever I have in there at the time that, um, you're still on my website and that's through WooCommerce install, which is on WordPress. So that's all, it's a plugin for WordPress, which is what I run my website on. Uh, but what I host on 
Gum Road is the website. And we'll have links to so all these things, the Big Cartel and all these things. Uh, don't worry about writing that down. We'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes uh, for you guys to check out and go look at all the different options. But I use Gum Road and there are a few different options that um, Gum Road is one of them. But I've used them for hosting all of my plan sales. And I do it for a few different reasons. Um, one of which is that they actually have a pretty cool discovery feature. So, and I actually link them also for, so I have premium plans, which are paid and I have free plans. Um, I'm probably about half and half right now. And my more complex stuff obviously would be paid. My, my less complex stuff would be free. But what that gives you is what's cool is, is I've got interactions with them that are, um, basically linked into like to, to Zapier, which is a third party service. So when anybody downloads a plan, they get shot straight into my email list. All right. And then mm. at the same time, when somebody buys a plan, they get shot straight into my email list. Now I could do that through WooCommerce, but like the WooCommerce plugin is like a hundred bucks or something, you know? So that's the one thing I do not like about WooCommerce is that they will nickel and dime you. You can get a really basic install. It's all free as far as the setup uh, and the shop, but it is what you get. And if you want <laughs> to have, it's, it's really kind of weird, like the way they do it. I mean, it's smart from their perspective, but what they do is that they basically, um, put it in there and they say, if you want to have calculated shipping, um, that's $79 plugin for FedEx. That's a $79 plugin for UPS. That's a seventy. I mean, like they get you, man, they nickel and dime you to death. Uh, and so instead of doing all those plugins, I go the other way. And the WooCommerce, um, is what you sell. Like you said, stickers, t-shirts. Um, if you were going to sell cutting boards or something, that's what you'd be using for it. Right. Correct. Or yep. That, that'd be that. Play. That's interesting. That's very interesting because, I mean, there's much more affordable and easy to use options out there. Um, and I've never and I've heard of WooCommerce and I've heard pretty good stuff. So I, I had no idea you're paying <laughs> 80 bucks oh, for yeah. a plugin to use the postal no, service. Man. Yeah, they, they get you. And well, that's for like calculated. So yeah, what I, I do is, is I do free shipping. So that's the way I get around it is I just I build it in there. And because it's first class, like shipping to the United States, I ship everybody two dollars, 77 cents. Like, so no matter where I'm shipping, uh, and that fulfills through PayPal. So that's easy. Now on the, the plan side, I want to do the same thing, except WooCommerce is just not a great setup without again, adding in all those plugins. So back to the gum road thing, it works really well because it's a really nice design. Um, and it also, it allows you to do, I know we're getting super deep in some of the technical, but it allows you to do a subdomain. So when people mm. go to plans.fixthisbuild.com, that is actually a redirect that goes straight into the Gumroad page. And then I will link out to the Gumroad page um, from my website. There's some downsides to that. So the one thing is, is I take them off my website. Um, the mm. upside is that they do very good with, with looking at combined sales. So they will have, you know, if you like this plan, you might like this one too. And also they have this whole discovery thing. So uh, like Etsy, unlike Etsy, I actually get a lot of sales, like it'll tell you, like this person came through what they call Gumroad Discovery. So when you look on there, if you're selling digital products, you sh products, you should check them out because um, it's a good thing. And it costs, it's really weird. The way they bill it is actually per customer. So it's not based on dollars. And, you know, my plans range from five, seven to nine dollars at the moment. And it's the same at price. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when somebody comes back and listens to this in 2020 and they're like, dude, it's 10 bucks. What happened? 
Then you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so flip tops are killing it, man. Flip tops, yeah, it's it's this thing called inflation. Um, and uh-huh. so as you as you look at the cost, uh, they do charge you a monthly fee once you get up to selling a certain amount of customers. And mm-hmm. but it's I make that back and then some on the people they bring to me. See, I like that. I like the fact that you have to hit a threshold in order to get billed because what that does is creates an opportunity for you to grow before you're getting, <laughs> you know, you have having to dump money out there. I'm um, going back to you know, Etsy. Like they're taking money regardless from your sale. Uh, I mean, I, from the sounds of it, I got to get into plan sales because this, this, this is, this is some good stuff, but uh, you know, the, the fact that you're able to kind of dip your toe in the water essentially for, you know, free, uh, that's that's got that got to be a reason that you decided to go with Gumroad from the get go and along with all the other benefits of it. Absolutely. It was. And then as it started kicking up and so it's yeah, I think it's free for a certain amount and then whatever it, it goes up this funnel and I don't know what exactly it is, but it's something, you know, five, 10, 25, 50, something. it goes up. And as I got on it, it was because it was super cheap to do it. And then mm-hmm. as I started kicking through the tiers, again, that's what I realized. I went in, looked at my numbers, and it's also really cool because it gives you great analytics, which you know I love. Uh, so I can go in there and see what's selling, and I can look at um, who the people were. You can do a download, and it tells you, okay, this, these people came from Gumroad Discovery. They actually take 10% more off of that, which kind of sucks. Um, I, I guess that's the other thing uh, uh, that I didn't say. So you can do two things. You can do a free plan that is they will take i believe eight and a half percent or back to that fixed versus variable cost or you can pay the monthly fee so you can do the break-even analysis i totally forgot about that because i converted at that point so at some point once you get past you know a certain threshold depending upon what your products are and the dollar amounts that paying the monthly fee is better than paying the eight and a half percent which is is funny it ties right back into that earlier conversation we had and so I looked at it and I said, OK, it's better for me to do the monthly fee at this point. Yeah. But at least you have the option, which I think is a good which I think is a good thing. What I, what I also um, I wonder <laughs> it'd be interesting because I sold on Squarespace for, for a while and, I, and I've had a lot of positive um, experience using Squarespace for sales. Now, if, if you guys aren't familiar, Squarespace is probably another tier up um, after you have like your Wix websites um, and it's a full website. Now, granted, you could use it just for e-commerce, but they have an e-commerce, um, I guess, tab or uh, style format that you can set up to just sell product or you can have a blog or videos or whatever you want to do on there. But what's great is you have the options to do those. So so I believe um, their beginning tier is like 25 bucks a month. But um, I had my johnmalecki.com site on, on Squarespace and when I wanted to add product, that was awesome. So it was just a real easy, you know, tab, e-commerce, add a page, start selling. And I was all about it. Um, and I had a lot of the similarities to what to what you're, you were saying with, with Gumroad is a lot of the benefits of analytics, a lot of the benefits of handling uh, the Stripe transaction process and um, making things just really easy to implement. Um, if I was to suggest one thing for anybody who wanted to get started uh, with their, their blog, brand, selling, woodworking, all of the good stuff that we're, we're, we're dishing out here, Squarespace all day long. Easiest yeah. easiest thing I've ever done, I think. Um, I've heard a lot I, of I good, know good results off them. Yeah, yeah, I know nothing about coding. You guys can actually check out um, my, my metalandwood.us site. It's a Squarespace site. I built it in probably six hours. And it was um, really easy to do. I downloaded a template, uploaded all my stuff, and I can go. I can add 
a sales page. I can add um, a lot of nice nuances to the site that I don't think you get with with Big Cartel and Shopify and some of those other places, um, especially if you want to get into selling. Great addition to the, the current blogger who wants to start selling product. Um, if you go to the Squarespace route, you can take your blog, convert it to Squarespace, and then add an e-commerce um, aspect to it. And, and it's really simple and easy to use. And, and, I, and I would highly suggest that. Yeah, Do you have any experience with it, or I don't have any experience with Squarespace Direct, but I've seen, I've seen you know the ads and the setup and and kind of look mm-hmm. gone in and look at the demos, um, and I know a, a few pals of mine that are also doing that other than you, and I've heard nothing but good things that people really like the interface. It's super easy. It's drag and drop, and uh, you know that is the thing. It that's it's kind of like you know, Mac versus windows, right? Like if, if you're an Android mm-hmm. user, you're probably doing WordPress. Like if you're an iPhone user, you might like Squarespace yeah, uh, because yep. <laughs> that's kind of how it rolls. And, um, I'm sitting here on my PC, uh, with my Android phone working <laughs> on WordPress. Yeah. And I got Mac <laughs> Mac, everything. I got like, I'm, I think my bed's a Mac. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) getting a little bit away from the actual interface of the sales, um, online concept. One thing I do want to touch on is my dislike for selling online. (laughs) Now I know we've just jumped into this for a good 20 minutes or so, but if I was to give one piece of advice, it would be to go back to what we were talking about in our Instagram, um, workshop and, and Focus on building a tribe and focus on building a network of individuals who are bought into you and not so much bought into your product. I'm telling you from my personal experience, the minute you put a price online for something and people are able to see how much your product costs, one, you're stuck in it, and two, they see your value. And it makes it very difficult to, um, I guess, not negotiate's not the word, but it makes it difficult to show people value add to certain situations. Say you have a dining table listed on your website. It costs a thousand dollars, but that dining table is very simple. If a client comes to your site and is looking for a dining table and they see the one you have listed at a thousand dollars, but they want two integral leaves. They want it to be distressed made of an X, you know, made out of Walnut and they want it to have um, a different leg style their mind is going to see that $1,000 and they're not going to understand that they just added $800 in costs, not a, let alone another $2,000 in man hours. So you're, you're stuck in it now showcasing and using a website for a portfolio and, and building to the inquiry and the, and the sales funnel process is a much, is much more of a suggestion that I would make, um, instead of just jumping online and selling. Um, and now I, I know you don't sell products a ton, but I mean, um, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, that's a great point. And because we have once, once they get that price, like the first, whatever price that is, that locks in a buyer's mind. They it see does. that and they go, Oh, okay. And then once, even if it is like, even if you are giving them $2,000 worth of upgrades for a thousand bucks or, you know, 500, let's say, you know, it's a thousand dollar table all of a sudden they want the, the gold gilded legs and, you know, the, the ball carved feet. And mm. all of a sudden you're like, yo, that's two grand now yeah. that, uh, and, and, but really that is, let's say, yeah, 2000. So you're giving them half price, like you're cutting that way back. Um, and that's eating into your margin. 
that all they hear is the extra money, even though yes. it might be, you might be cutting them a deal on the upgrade. They're still like, oh, wow. Like I, they think they got baited and switched, right? They're like, well, yep. I, it, it said a thousand bucks. And so yep. now you're telling me it's 2000. What's going on here? Exactly. And, a, so and I, like, I, I'm with you on that for sure. All the that value, stuff. the value of a custom piece comes from that type of stuff. And you have to be looking at yourself as a custom builder, as that person that's able to create the, the customizationable aspects of the furniture piece, not so much replicating what they want from restoration hardware and making it cheaper. Like that is, I would highly suggest against that business model. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> you're going to, you're not going to make any money and you're really, really going to hate right. how much time so, you're putting into this stuff. So what about, I want to throw something out here because I see a lot of folks doing this and they're making money. They're, and I don't know that they've um, done the complete model and, and looked at the margin and figure out, hey, is this really where I want to be at? But what I see a lot of is I see a lot of construction grade lumber. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're using two by 12s and four by fours and the big beefy bases and those things. Uh, they're using pocket holes yeah. and they're putting it together. They're hidden and they're basically making a spec table. So yes. they're not doing custom. They're doing spec work. What, you know, in that situation, um, does that change it for you as far as, because like, then you are like, you're like, Hey, I know I can bang this thing out. I know I've got 200 materials in it. I know it's going to take me, you know, eight hours and I'm going to sell this thing for 750 bucks. And that I'm just going to put that out there everywhere that I can go because that's a good deal for that versus paying somebody custom. If you're willing to make $140 per dining table, go right ahead. I mean, that's that's all up to you. But what I'm also what I'm going to say goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, the Etsy concept and the pricing concepts is that if I wanted you to make a dining table out of two by fours for me, I can go and look at those two by fours myself, see that they cost two dollars and 19 cents at my local home store, know that I need 10 of them, know that your cost is one hundred dollars in materials and that you're trying to charge me nine hundred bucks. So whereas uh, you're telling me that your, you know, your labor is worth 800. Great. But whatever that might be, you're still you're, you're still cornering yourself into that price bias that you're going to get from the buyer, I think, um, as well as that is another very, very saturated marketplace. I mean, a lot of us are really learning a ton from what's evolving in the DIY space. And I think if you're doing um, construction grade lumber and you're trying to sell it, you should really be pushing yourself to that next level. Um, because you're able to make more money doing it. I think that there's a lot of money to be made in that. But I think if you're able to start messing around with some more oak and some walnut and some easier, harder woods that are, uh, more beautiful and a little more rare, give that little more custom customization style and dynamic, you'll be able to see you can mark up that product a little bit more and make some more money. Now, going back to the spec table concept, if you have hard numbers and you know that you're getting your products, like I make a lot of um, very simple industrial style tables. If if I know what my cost is on wood, my cost is on metal, my hours, my time, I'm able to price those every single time right around the same thing and get them out the door and know my, know my numbers and know my margins. Now that's what all of us want to be doing in business is knowing your numbers. But, um, the construction, the construction grade lumber, um, market as we, as we know, you know, buying that stuff all the time, it, it fluctuates a ton and your, my clients are going to have a much harder time finding how much per board foot a, you know, uh, walnut costs from my local lumber yard and then doing the, 
research into how much I need for a table, what it's going to cost to make that table, how much time I'm putting into it, what my markup is. They're just, it's not as easy. They're not going to see it's two ballers for a two by four. And that's what I made my tables with. I know Ah. you're going. So I'm going to play it. Let me play it back here because what I, I want to make sure that people don't get the wrong impression because, um, I think what might come off is, uh, John hates two by fours and pocket holes and everybody who makes it stinks. Um, but I know that's not no, true. No, 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 It's not. I, I know, don't think everyone uh, who makes it back. stinks. I do not no, like no, them. No. <laughs> I know you don't like them. I know you don't. But like I, that's I a whole other conversation. Stinks. I've made plenty of stuff with them. But here, here's the thing is I think that the important takeaway here is uh, to value your time. And I think the thing that you have a larger distaste for is somebody busting their hump for a low margin Yes. And thinking that when I, I spent this time, that your time is not free. And, and, and you know, we'll, no. we'll kind of skip off the surface of this because we'll, I'm sure, have a full episode on pricing your work and all this stuff down the road. But let's just, at its most basic form, um, you've got, you know, we talked about it before, but you've got fixed costs, which are overhead. You've got variable costs, which would be material. You've got labor and you've got markup and margin, right? And then that is... Basically, you combine all those to come up with your pricing. And right. anytime that somebody, anytime you're using a commodity product like a two by four or whatever, where people are in the home center, they're seeing that they may have built their own whatchamaduger and said, oh, like I, I built this table out of two by fours. I, went, I, I saw this dude fix this, build that. He made a side table out of two two by fours and a bag of concrete. So like, why do you want to charge me more than 20 bucks for a coffee table? Because that's what he built it out of. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you, you've turned it into something where they can they can uh, take you on price and look that. But, you know, when you go into the Nissan dealer, when you go into the Ford dealer, when you go get your F-150, you go, hey, I, I've, I know how much cast iron costs. I know how much our aluminum blockhead <laughs> and I know how much those O-rings cost. Like, yeah. you don't do that because you have no, no. idea. It's no. just this thing that comes out. You, you have nothing to to value it against. Um, I mean, that's a whole other thing because of of that market. But making it, I think what you're what you're getting at is that you lose um, a lot of the upper hand of of having a product that has a higher mystique to it, like we were talking about before, that is something that people don't quite understand from the sense of they can't come and they're not just going to beat you up on, well, I saw this in the home center. Why are you charging me more for it? It's, yep. it's, a, it's a finished product. It's not an assembly of cheap materials that I see at a home center. This is a finished product that I, I've never seen walnut at the home center, although they do have walnut in some home centers, which is crazy. Um, it must be nice. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like Pacific Northwest uh, that now you, you, it's, it's a different thing. And so I think that's, you know, you, what I hear from you is that when you get that custom piece, when you have that product that is higher up on the chain of materials, techniques, all those things is that it becomes a different conversation. Yes. It, it, it's not quite an art conversation because that, you know, that's a whole thing, right? What is art? And then like, well, to me, it looks like people just threw paint up there, but it's, you know, no, sorry, that's $50,000. Like yeah. it's not, it's not quite there. Like it's still high end furniture is still in a sense, a commodity, but it is something that is much more removed from what the everyday person can look at. And it's a different conversation. Yes. And, and you nailed that. I mean, what I've run into and I know a lot of us have run into, cause I get the question, I get people asking me on my Instagram all the time. I have a client that I'm trying to build X, you know, product for, um, 
here's what I priced it at. And then they came back because they saw the cost of materials and were wondering why my price is that. It's much more likely to happen at a home store using that type of material. That's what I was trying to get at there. Plus, I think all of us as builders want to get better and that you can value yourself much more if you're using a high end material because I'm going to take my time if I'm using, you know, quarter sawn white oak much more if I'm going to use a two by four that's going to cost me two bucks if I mess up. So, uh, that, that's, that's essentially where I was going with it. And I got started building with two by fours and using pocket holes. Um, a lot of us have, and I find nothing wrong with it. I just think that we are all, we're worth more and that as us as makers and builders and craftsmen, and it, we're worth more than what you're able to price something at. If you're buying that stuff somewhere, your client can walk in and buy all the materials themselves as well. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you, man. And I'm with you. And I know that there's lots of people that, but in the, in that same token, there's a lot of people that are going to just, they're going to make that stuff all day long. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's going to be the business model. So I think that people can win there as well. Uh, but you have the, you a lot more leverage up at that level that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and my, and this is all, this is all John, you know, I, I'm, this is just how I think, but I would much rather sell one $10,000 dining table a month instead of a hundred hundred dollar dining tables a month. Like it's, it's just how my, I'm trying to build my business. And that's, um, that, that, you know, $10,000 piece comes from materials that, you know, are quantified to give you that price point. They're come from your labor rate and they come from the time you put into design. I mean, if you're building a table, um, and, and not, you know, (laughs) pricing your design, time into the price of the table itself. That's a whole nother conversation. And those types of things are very hard to do um, when you have a lower margin and you're using those home home store materials, at least from my experience, because I know the minute I jumped out of it, I was able to justify a higher price point and it made my life much easier. I didn't have to build so many things to make enough money to live. I'm with it, man. I mean, I think this is a, a great conversation because I see that like this conversation that we're having and I'm kind of teasing out the other side of it. I see this happen on Instagram all the time. Oh, and yeah. I, I think it's it's interesting because um, the, the part that I don't like about it is, uh, you know, you and I know. So I know that you don't like pocket hole joinery and it's because for a technical reason, because it's not as strong as a mortise and tenon that has an integral piece that's an actual connection, yes. right? We've had this conversation yeah. uh, and, and, and dig it. And then the other side is that as well. It, it only needs to be strong enough to hold up. So there's this whole thing. And to me, um, you know, there's buyers at every level. Yeah. And there and are very, people very in the similar. beginners. Yeah, exactly. And so as you do that, uh, you know, those, are, those can live together. Uh, those can live together. And, you know, I just want to make sure that somebody who's getting there, who's not quite, and they look at you and they're like, gosh, how can I ever get there? Man, like it's part of the process. John, you know, how long have you been building, John? I'm about four years, four or five right. years. So, so if you're just at the beginning of your journey, uh, you know, don't think you need to get there immediately. And you don't. I'm, I st- like I said, I started out with a Anna White coffee table made out of two by fours with pocket holes. It is a great way to learn woodworking and I highly suggest it for beginners. I just know how hard it is to make money using that. <laughs> so yes. there's the two, there's the two, <laughs> the, the voice of experience. Okay. Yes. I'll, I love it. So tell me about, because I know we talked a little bit before the show about lead generation. I, I want to wrap up with kind of like, okay, if you're, if you're selling online, you're saying, Hey, try to take it offline um, do you get the leads from like, how do you funnel those so that you can take them offline and get them, 
you know, get your tribe purchasing? How do you drive that? So my sales funnel or sales concept, whatever you like to call it, is built a, around I, I heard this somewhere in my in college years or something like that, but around that 122 rule, where if you get 100 inquiries, 20 of them are going to be serious, two of them are actually going to buy. So you might actually sell 2% of for every 100 people that come to you. I'm trying to get that 100 to go from, uh, to get that 2% to 10% by making that 100, the 20 right off the bat. So I actually eliminate the the pricing and the entire process of my sales um my sales funnel to you have to speak to me to get a product. And by doing that, I'm able to immediately know what you want. I'm able to touch on your pain points as a customer. I'm able to either upsell you on something that I think would add value to what you're looking for or point you in a direction that would provide more value and not take up any more of my time. Um, and because of that, I'm able to actually close more and be able to know, you know, my pricing on X products is from here to here. If it's what you're interested in, let me know. It either ends the conversation there or it continues when for a long, long time that process for me was, you know, uh, hey, how you doing? What are you looking for? Oh, I think I can do that. What kind are you looking for? OK, what are you doing? What's your budget? And that and this is a week and a half later, two weeks that um, that client's fallen off. And then I got 10 of those coming in a week and now I quantify and I'm backloaded to 20 more people in a week. And once, you know, I've, I've got 35 people looking for stuff and I don't know where any of my stuff's going, where any of it is. I tried to just eliminate that entire process. So in order to right. buy a product for me, instead of seeing it listed on my website, I have an inquiry sheet. You click on it. You go to the sheet. It asks what you're looking for. I have some pro – I mean dining table, coffee table, desk. Um, I think I have something else on there or other. You provide me with a description. You provide me with a budget. I can immediately respond to you knowing that you're either in my price point of what I charge for those or you're not. If I can help you, I can. I respond nicely. If not, I point you in another direction, and that's it. So that's my sales funnel, and all I'm trying to do is give myself a more, a better opportunity to discover a client's pain points immediately, and then deliver on those pain points. So when I say pain points, everyone's coming to you with a problem. Is how you should look at it if you're selling. Excuse me, and um, solving that problem is what we're here to do. So I look at myself as more of a service and product base um, sale. So I'm trying to, you know, build that relationship, help out my client, bring them something gorgeous and already, but I already know my numbers on the back end of that as well. Um, and that I understand is probably super confusing. So I know we'll probably come back to that down the line because that, I mean, that's a, that's a 18 to 24 month process to get me here. I, I, and, and, and to where I'm at right now, because it is very, very difficult in a short period of time to, nail down, you know, a great sales process. Um, but if you're getting a hundred leads a week, 20, think of it as 20 of those people and are going to be actually interested in two of them are going to actually buy from you. If you're doing that, you're doing pretty well. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that that's what the number is. It might be two or actually might be one, but from that concept, if you're just if you're not collecting emails on your website or if you're driving people to somewhere like Etsy that they're able to leave your site and go find other people's products and stuff, these are the times where when you start looking at the numbers that you can lose clients. Um, for myself, you know, we've talked about it on the Instagram. You want to drive everyone to uh, an owned place for you. Um, Shopify, Big Cartel, all of those are owned. They're your sites. Um, drive them there and then you have a much better opportunity to close them on a sale. Or help yeah, them or it, whatever it, you might be trying to do. 
What's interesting about that, too, is I hear you say that, um, and I don't deal with that as much, right, uh, at all, not, not anywhere near those kind of numbers, no. is that what I think uh, people can also take away from that is that if you're converting 50%, you're probably priced too low. Yes. Right? The other side of that is, you know, when you look at that, hey, like you shouldn't be selling to everybody that's coming to you because if you no. are, there's some room to go there. And, and so that's also kind of an interesting indicator that you can take and look at it what, from reverse. One of the most, um, one of the most important dynamics of, of business that I've learned, that I know you've learned, that they teach is the word no. And if, <laughs> until you're able to actually say the word no and turn down work and value yourself and price your stuff properly, you won't able to be it. You won't be able to actually make real money. And I'm, and I'm sorry. It's that's harsh, but it's reality. It's it's it happens to everyone. No, dude, I, I'm down with it. I mean, I like that you've got a position, you're firm on your position and you're sharing it because you feel like that's what people deserve and that that's what's going to help make them successful. So I, oh, yeah. I dig it, man. I dig it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, why don't we uh, start wrapping up here? We're coming up close on the hour. What kind of takeaways we got for folks? So I think takeaways from this, from this, um, excuse me, this week's episode are all going to lead back to the initial conversation beginning with Etsy. Regardless of what platform you're going with, what route you choose, where you want to go, what you want to do, do your research. Look into what type of product do you want to sell, okay? How much money do you want to make doing it? How much of it do you want to move a month? And then go and choose where you want to be selling it on. Because if you just want to move one cutting board a month, Etsy's probably your best bet. If you just if you want to move 50 dining tables a month, you better not be on Etsy. So make sure when you're starting out that you're gauging the amount of volume you want to be selling. Um, that would be my my first takeaway for this is before you get into selling on anything, just have a plan. Know what you want to do and then attack it. I know I made the mistake of not doing that. I know you might have made that mistake of not doing that. And then you're sitting on product and we're not even going to get into um, depreciation value of product as they sit on your shelf. Because uh, uh, hold it back, other- hold it back, brother. Hold it back. <laughs> so, yeah, have a game plan and, and attack it. Now, we'll have links for um, for Gumroad, Shopify, Big Cartel, Etsy, Squarespace, you know, all the stuff that we've recommended in this podcast for you. And this is an easy place for you to go and do some research. Just start clicking around and diving into them. And, and you'll be able to see, oh, this might fit me much better because I understand this interface or, you know, the, oh, this pricing is fantastic. I think this is going to be my best bet. You know, so if you're going to get into selling, have a game plan, number one, before you get into it. Um, <clears throat> I would say second takeaway after we got there is, is, is once you start trying to move people to your sales funnel, give them an opportunity to get into that funnel. You touched on it briefly. We didn't really get into it much, but capture their email at some point. Make sure that you are keeping that person around and you're able to win on um, helping them long term should be your goal. The fact that someone inquired to me about a dining table two years ago and I wasn't able to build it for them because of whatever issue there might be, you know, having their email and when they they, they might think of me down the line and hit me up or, you know, you send out a um, how can I help you email once or twice a year yeah. to all of your email list to see if there's anything you can do. Little tactics like that. That'll take that 122 and start boosting it back up in your favor because uh, because you were able to capture something. A lot of people don't do that with their business and, and just make sure you're capturing at least an email um, from anyone that's that's falling on your on your sales funnel. 
I think that's right on because that, there's a lot of that, right? Getting that in and making that so that, you know, the people who do that the best are real estate agents. Like yeah. once a real estate agent gets their hooks in you, man, it's like, like they, they'll, they'll send you those little calendars, right? Mm-hmm. They send you the magnets with, uh, the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steeler schedule on there. And they're like, Hey, oh, Jimmy, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, J- Jimmy Bob's real estate. And, and then you, when you go to sell your house, you're like going out to grab your Bud Light out of the fridge and you're like, Oh yeah, Jimmy Bob, I'm going to call him tomorrow. And so there you go. you like the same type thing. Keep in front of people, keep on their minds. An email list is a great way to do that, to get them on there. So I, I love that one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think I'm going to, I'm going to say those are our two biggest takeaways I would say from this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to flip that into the homework. Okay. So we got those episodes and, and John told you to, to, to get out there, look around the research, what I'm going to tell you on the homework side is, is really do that. Look at the people who are selling. This is for all you product guys and gals out there. And just by the way, when I say guys, we mean guys and gals. I just say guys. So all you guys get out there and look and look, especially on Instagram is where, you know, I think we just have most of this conversation. Get out there, see the people who are selling that you like, you know, flow through, go from their website to their, or from their Instagram to their website. Um, see who's using SquarePet space. Like look at the back end, look at the bottom. It'll, it'll tell you what it is. Uh, or you can also, you know, just look at the, the web pages and, and kind of understand what platform they're using. Go in there, do the research, find out what you like, and then come back and tag on the, on the Made for Profit account at made for profit on Instagram, tag some of those folks, Instagram accounts that you really like. We want to check these out. We want to see what resonates with you. Uh, and we know there's a lot of folks out there as well. So we're going to go out there and look, uh, John and I will tag a few folks that we like, and, um, we want you to do the same, share that with us, share it with the community and we can see what's going on. And I think that'll be, I think that'll be really cool and really beneficial. So that's the, yeah. the homework for this week. Yep. And make sure if you guys have any questions dealing with um, anything on this episode that you're hitting us up on uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, Brad and I have been super, super pumped about it, but we've been really busy answering all the questions we've been getting on Instagram. And it's been awesome to see all that feedback. And, and we're really trying to we focus on that platform for both of our brands and businesses. And we'd love to be helping you guys out over there just as well. Absolutely. And along with that, uh, we have looking at, I'm pulling up, we have 10 five-star reviews, John. 10 five-star reviews. 10 five-star reviews. So we got folks coming in here over on iTunes. Um, I believe the Crawford 06 was the first one in. So thank you so much for that. We had the one, I'm going to read one real quick, but we had Unbridled Metals, Matt B20, some dude named John Malecki, um, (laughs) Sapper Up. Uh, well, actually my dad. Not too dope. Oh, there. I like that one. Not too dope. Will Mutiny 3, Trav, Bax 182, and Jay Hartner. But my favorite was Cap City Adam. And Cap City Adam said, you can pay hundreds of dollars on courses to learn how to expand your reach and engage your market on social media by someone who Googled it before your class. <laughs> or... Have two of the most successful of the more, excuse me, I said most, or have two of the more successful personalities in the field give it to you for free. I choose Brad and John. Yeah, Boom. that's awesome. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate that, Cap yeah. City Adam. That, that is great, man. That is fantastic. So we really enjoy reading these. Um, and when you're leaving these comments, throw uh, the reviews, throw some show topics. What we'll do is we will go through there, go in the reviews. The show topics that we see get the most mention in the five-star reviews, we will move those up in the queue. And so that'll be another little incentive for that 
that five-star review. So we really appreciate that. Yep. All right, man. I think this has been a, a great conversation. Um, I think it's been cool to kind of see something where, uh, you know, we're hitting on a little bit of disagreement, a little bit of two sides of it. So we'll see how that resonates with the crowd too. And um, like I said, like John said, we're looking forward to more and we can't wait to interact with you guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm over here sweating. I'm so into this right now. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm a great conversation today, man. Yeah, I think that was just because you turned your air conditioning off for the recording, but it's all good. Hey, (laughs) actually, that's 100% it. All right, right, buddy. Great conversation. We'll check you later. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes, and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit, where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next episode.